welcome to Anime Archives with your hosts, Ernest and John. And we're back, guys. Uh, yeah. We are back to the roots of Anime Archives. We finally came back to it. I recorded, we made like a mistake earlier when we were recording. My computer, my laptop sucks, so like froze. But I was like, oh, it's been like three to four months. And John was like, it's been five months since we actually did a normal recording. I, I was when you were supposed to jump in and that. say five months, but you didn't. But anyways, it's been a long time since we actually did a an archive episode because mm-hmm. uh, we want, we were wanting to stay a little bit current and watch some of the things that we were liking, especially the last season. Even this current season has been good, especially the upcoming future oh, that we saw. Yeah. Pretty excited for some things. I even bought like some light novels recently. I told you about. And what light novels did you buy? I bought uh, one I shouldn't even be reading yet, but uh, I bought. I was trying to get um, Rise of Shield Hero, mm-hmm. uh, the light novel, but it wasn't in Yuwajimaya, the little store we had. Mm. But they had the first volume of Reprise of uh, Spear Hero. So you're saying Wajimaya has the Spear Hero? Yeah, it has. It has other over the Shield Hero. It has other. Uh, Rise of Shield Heroes. They had like volumes four through nine. You should have just bought one of those. I was like, eventually you're gonna get up there. They're like, eventually true. you're gonna buy it. Like just one. Like, I just if wanted you really to just read got, it. Like one, then that yeah. saves it for later. Like, no joke. I went what? to a book fair. Oh, I see. Oh, one second. Yeah, I went to a book fair. Just they were selling random. Oh, snap! I was about to tell you about that. That, that was at Urajimaya too. So pretty much, uh, they were just selling random books. My friend asked me to go. And I was just going through, I went through a few hundred different books. Cool. And then I see a Monogatari light novel. And it's number two, it's part two. But I know eventually I'm going to own them all. Yeah. So I was, I just bought it and I'm like, all right, I'm glad to have it in my collection. And it was only like three bucks. Definitely worth it. Oh, damn, that's a good deal. Yeah, well, it's going to be a little bit more, but at Wajimaya, you can get them there. It was it was a section like up, upstairs where you can get them. That's perfect. I got Slime. Slime had the first volume there, so nice. I was able to get that. That's and they even had Overlords and stuff. If if you don't want to get off Amazon, if you just want to get it real quick. I just mainly did it to validate my ticket for parking. You got to pay over $10 to do it. So I was like, might as well just get these two books. That's fair. And then I got <laughs> Validating your ticket. Yeah, because they like, they'll charge you. And I was like, oh, let me just do it. So, uh, today, yes. in terms of going back into the archives, we are doing this anime that we promised five months ago. Yes. And it's called what? Speed Grapher, or in Japanese, it's called Spudu Grapher. Supido, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Supido Grapher. I'm terrible at Japanese. Actually, guys, I need to do, like, some... Get into that, because... That's horrible. And please uh, see my ignorance as charming and not as me just being uh, a, a horrible person to those who do speak Japanese fluently. Yeah, definitely. I do no respect the language. Like, I'm yeah. looking at the guy, and you can tell he's trying to say yeah, it. I'm trying my best. Can. I really am. But <laughs> let's dive into it. So uh, Speed, Graf, Speed Grapher is, uh, it was made by Gonzo. Um, it's definitely a mature uh anime for sure like the genres are more like it's an action mystery superpower kind of superpower show Mm. and basically it was it started in 2005 and it has right now 24 episodes you can watch it on funimation or you can even watch it on youtube i believe funimation is letting it be for free yeah exactly uh if if you want to watch it there 
Well, um, first, I'm just going to run down the studio, the director, uh, some of what the studios created, and some of the works that the director did. And uh, we kind of changed the format because, as we said, we're me and John are trying to stay with like current anime too. So instead of us doing like a whole overall series, we're more like doing a little uh, first season of anime. So we're doing 12 episodes arch. Yep. And if something is deemed more popular or something that we really want to get into and maybe talk more about, we will watch the remaining episodes, but that will probably be like a shorter anime archive episode since we don't have to do all the all the other research since yep. we did it previously. So I might do ones that'll be like part one and then later on it'll be part two, but just if that happens. But anyways, we, we watched the first twelve episodes of Speed Grapher and we're gonna before we talk, break it down, we we will give a spoiler warning about the first twelve episodes and what we thought about it. Uh, but first, I'm going to talk about the the premise, the director, the anime studio, and the actors, both Japanese and American, that produced it. Well, John will help me out as usual. So okay, uh, so like I said previously, uh, the anime was uh, debuted in uh, 2005 was when it was produced. Uh, it ran in Japan. From April to October 2005 on TV, uh, Asahi. Asahi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it ran in America March 7th through August of 2008. So came to us about like three years after. And the premise of this anime was a former war photographer, Tatsumi Saiga, and his quest to save Kagura Tanazo from Choji Sutega. Sutega and the members of a fetish club. He gains an ability to destroy anyone he photographs. Does that premise sound exciting to you? Does that get you your blood boiling? I know I butcher names, but uh, a, a war photographer gets his ability from this girl that grant that he, if he takes a picture of anyone, they can blow up. Mm-hmm. And uh, he saves the girls from this underground fetish club of these wealthy individuals who, I guess, spend a lot of these money for this group. I know, it's weird. Normally, if you say it like that, it wouldn't honestly grab my attention. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, it seemed... It, I don't know. It doesn't, like... It's not ear-catching at all, but yeah. it sounds like there could be a mystery to it. It could There could be extra stuff to it. So, it, it could be good. I mean, it, it definitely could. I... Keep going, keep going. Like, the director, uh, when he was, when he talked about Speed Grapher, he said it was aimed at an, a mature audience to stimulate the audience at an intellectual level. Um, so he want the story, the, the, in, what the, what caused the story to be made was he was influenced by the Japanese, uh, economic scenario in which there were several cases of suicides. And he noted that, uh, the, co- the, the cause of these suicides was uh, the act of like financial fortune is equal to success and expectations to lead to happiness. So basically he's saying that people felt like in order to be happy, you got to be wealthy. And if you weren't wealthy, then there was pretty much no reason to live. And he's kind of, and he using speed Grafford to kind of talk about that and show that, that wealth can also have corruption and you will lose kind of the meaning in life. And he described Saiga as being that person who is trying to like oppose that system of wealth, and that uh, Kagura is just someone trapped in that system of this continuous fortune of being burdened by wealth and how people will use you if they know they can gain something from you. 
You, you feel like you got kind of those vibes of the I, first 12 episodes? I can, I mean, through the whole series, I could definitely say you get those vibes all over where it's like, it almost feels like kind of a, a trope at this point where it's like money's the root of all evil and yeah. materialistic possessions will corrupt you and stuff like that. So, I mean, I feel like the theme's kind of been beaten down. But again, this also came out, what, 14 years ago? Yes. So, it, I mean, it kind of makes sense in terms yeah. of that if you go in with that understanding. Um, as far as the studio who created, uh, we said earlier, it was created by Gonzo. Uh, Gonzo was established on September, get this, September 11th. 1992. <laughs> so it wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't, oh, yeah. but you, still, like, imagine your, anniver- imagine your anniversary. Yeah. You guys are like party, even though this is Japan, but like they're American, so they're partying. Like, hey, it's our anniversary today. Shit, everything's great. And then they turn on the news, they're like, oh, snaps. Well, man. Wait, they wouldn't even deal with it because what? remember, they're hours ahead. Oh, that's true. So at that point, it'd be September twelfth for them. <laughs> yeah. But they, they would have an anime counter, uh, American studio counterpart, you don't think? That helps out? Like, or you think they just hire off source? Well, no, I would, I would think they would definitely do like a small. They would have a small studio here, unless I'm like trying to confuse like gaming studios with anime studios. That I'm not sure. I think it's something we should definitely check out because the thing is, is I've I haven't heard personally any uh, anime studios that were like based here yeah. or in California, I guess that makes opposed sense. to uh, video game studios. I mean, mostly anime comes from Japan. That's where all the major publishers usually are. But again, maybe it's something we should definitely check yeah. out so that we don't go on the record for that. Yeah, but basically, uh, Gonzo was uh, was created by uh, a form- former staff of an anime studio called Gainex. Uh, and right now, currently, uh, from the information I got, hopefully I'm still correct, the president and CEO is uh, Tatsuyo uh, Karasawa. The executive vice president is uh, Shino Hiro Ishikawa, and uh, basically they they run the the Gonzo Studio, and they created some great, fantastic anime works that I got a list of. There's a few. I'm just gonna run down and see if you are interested or even watch this, mm-hmm. John. So please just jump in if you want to talk about it. So the first one I want to talk about is they made the anime Final Fantasy Unlimited, which ran from October 2nd, 2001. Through March 26th of 2002 with 25 episodes. You ever watched that one? Never even. I never even knew there was a Final Fantasy anime. I knew there was a Final Fantasy uh, anime called Unlimited, but I, for the life of me, I never pursued it or thought about it. Because the 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 one I always think about is that horrible movie that they made. That Final Fantasy. I liked all. I liked not the, the Avenue Within. Spirit, uh, I liked that, that movie. I thought that movie. People was didn't get. People didn't like it in theaters. It so. wasn't. A Final would, Fantasy. Okay. If you would have just called it anything yeah, else, like I think it would have been Space Odyssey or it, something like that. It would have been perfect. Like, <laughs> but it has a Final Fantasy name. That's like, done goof. Yeah. yeah. But Advent Children I love. Yeah, so that, that, was, that was a good one. Uh, they also made uh, Van Dread. Never heard of that one. Uh, it ran from October 3rd of 2000 through December 26th of 2000. And it was... Uh, and it, had, it was first of two seasons, so it has like two seasons it has. And it was Gonzo's original work so it's their first like big original title and the first season has about 13 episodes uh they also made the anime that you might know them for uh helsing uh which ran from october 10th of 2001 through january 16th of 2002 with 13 episodes and they also remade that afterwards with updated graphics 
So it's all it's completely different, but different. updated. Hellsing is a wonderful anime. I love that one a lot. Not for children though. Not for children. <laughs> and that that's one I kinda I'm also interested in diving into it, but this one is for sure I think is gonna be my next one I wanna look up. So I wanna look up one that's kinda cool and action packed, but has some cool humor in it a little bit. Uh, the next anime they created was Full Metal Panic. Oh, yeah. And that. it ran from January 8th to 2002 through January 18th, 2002, with uh, about 24 episodes. And that one was, like, one of the ones that got me interested in mech animes. Like, I didn't know about how serious Gundam one was. This one was, like, very simplistic, not too great over the top. And was interesting enough with the mech mechanics. So I kind of liked Full Metal Panic. The main uh, character is Sonosuke. Yeah. He, he cracks me up. He is a great serious comic relief. I like the... They made that um, extra, like, kind of... The spoon, funny one, the, the Fumofu. Yeah. And that Fumofu. one was really good, too, where it was... You just took out the mechs, and it was like a high school anime. Yeah. So they did a good job either with both of them. And then I think season two got re- released. It was, like, recently last year. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They, yeah, it wasn't... So definitely something I want to get into and mm-hmm. rewatch. I gotta. I feel like I need to rewatch the first one because I remember watching Full Metal Panic when I was in like middle school or high school. It was very early. Yeah. Because I remember you telling me about it, and that's the only reason I watched it. I remember just you having that uh, Directv, the freaking Funimation or Anime Network that we could watch some cool little spinoff episodes with the internet. You can just find anime on the internet easily. Back you gotta day. really. You have to go buy it and stuff. Uh, the next ones, I'm just going to run off and not say the list, but these are some popular ones that I'm pretty sure everyone heard of. Uh, they made Gantz. They created the Gantz anime. Wonderful. Uh, Samurai 7. Uh, Balisk. Balisk. Afro Samurai. And they also made Welcome to NHK, which is another anime I actually want to do an uh, archive about. Oh, they made yeah. Afro Samurai? Yeah, they, they made Afro Samurai. And also, one of their... Um... I have most popular animes that I heard about was Last Exile. Last Exile. I haven't seen it, but I heard that that was one of Gon- uh, one of the anime that put Gonzo actually on uh-huh. like hardcore. I think I heard about that. Yeah, I know one that I heard was uh, was a recent one uh, that Gonzo did that came out October tenth of two thousand eighteen that ran from December twenty sixth of two thousand eighteen. It's called Conception. It's actually incredible. I actually went to GameStop one day to get Persona. Yeah. No, to get Conception, the game, because it was like an anime game. So I was like, oh, this looks fun. And then they gave me Persona. And I didn't notice it. I went home and I pulled out Persona and I was offended. I was like, I want a Conception. I, why? I don't know. Which Persona? Persona 5? Persona. It was Persona Q for the 3DS. Oh. It was, the game was like $20 more than Conception. Like, it, and then my, How, what uh, do you what? Came home, played Conception. It was garbage. I hated it. I wish I would have kept Persona. Do you keep Conception? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or do you? I tried. No, I, I think it's. I might have gave it away, or it's like oh. somewhere in the garbage around the house. Either they way, they made a game for it. Ooh. But yeah, it's, it was a game. Yeah. But yeah, Conception, that didn't get a lot of uh, wonderful reviews. <laughs> yeah, uh, I never I never watched it. I just saw that. I, I actually didn't think Gonzo made it. I thought, because uh, recently Crunchyroll has, you know, 
not to like but uh, bash, but they had a lot of like Chinese studios making animes, and it's your first time creating anime, so of course some of them are going to be hits and some of them are going to be hot trash. It just con- conception just didn't look good to me. Uh, yeah, it that's fair. Just uh, character models and everything that just like wasn't about it. Uh, but another cool, cool, uh, interesting fact that uh, I, you might not know that I found when I would just dive into help with the bands growing up they think helped it, with the music video yeah they helped uh great like did like design work and stuff studio animation for was that uh lincoln park yes they oh, did no? it for lincoln park uh they did it for breaking the habit breaking the habit duh yeah numb wasn't uh the anime yeah wow i didn't know they're the ones that did numb. yeah they That's did really cool yeah they yeah. did breaking the habit it was cool uh shout out so that was a cool little thing for them. Uh, the director of uh, of actual speed grapher is a man named uh, Kunahisa Sugishishima. Uh, basically, he started his career on at Sunrise Studios, which still goes on in the 1980s. He he first started as his job as a setting producer, and he did it for an anime called Heavy Metal L Games. Metal L game. Oh, no. Uh, as was, uh, and he also like uh, directed and did some storyboard for the for episode for the anime. But uh, early in his career, he actually was able to get involved in a very popular mech series. Can you guess that mech series? I mentioned it earlier. Was that very popular uh, mech series? Oh, uh, uh, Metal Panic. No. Oh. Uh, Gundam? Yes, Gundam. He uh, actually. Which Gundam? Uh, the Gundams that he directed some episodes for were Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam mm-hmm. and then Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zeta, the, the ZZ. I never watched either of them, so. Uh, they continue off the first Gundam, so it's very like one of those continuous ones. I always wanted to watch them. Uh, I I, need, I still need to finish the first season of Gundam before I actually get them, but there's a lot of episodes. Um, and but he finally got his first job as being a main director. Uh, the main director seat for a single episode anime uh, at Sunrise called uh, Shinazo Kanai Kakakurucho. What does that mean? I, I don't think he ever got like produced here. But again, uh, but he also uh, some of the main, some of his like after becoming like main director seat and actually doing this. He did main main director for uh, anime motion picture of Tekken, Tekken the motion picture in 1998. I remember that movie. Uh, He also was the the main director for uh, the anime Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters from 2000-2004. Cool. Yes. Uh, He also did, I'm going to just run through these names. But he also did uh, the Beyblade series, so he did. He was the director for Metal Fusion, Metal Masters, Soul Blade, Metal Fury, and the Shogun Steel. Did you, did you ever watch Beyblade? I watched the first one because I used to wanted to get into it. Like I remember, and uh, it was middle school. My like friends were buying Beyblades, but I couldn't afford it. It was super expensive, so I went to the dollar store and just got spin tops. And it's like Beyblade these didn't work, but. Yeah, they just cost too much that. money. Yeah, I was just like, I can't afford that. So, it was like twelve, thirteen dollars. I was like, well, I was gonna talk my parents again though. So I was like, I don't got the money for this. Uh, he also his like uh, big ones that he did currently, at least uh, 
That's what I'm watching now. Uh, so the current ones he did recently are Battle Spirits, uh, Burning Soul, that went from 2015 to 2016, and Double Dry, that went from 2016 to 2017. Uh, but now we're going to hop into its uh, the openings of Speed Grapher. So it was, it's a little interesting because of copyright. So in Japan, they got an actual popular like 70s, 80s band to do the opening. Uh, the song is called Girls on Film, and it's by the band Duran Duran. Let's play a little snippet of it, John. That was a little like a minute clip of Duran Duran's Girls on Film. So that is what J the P Japan audience got. But I guess copyright issues and the price of actually being able to afford the song in stateside is different than Japan. So we got treated to a song called Shutter Speed by the artist. Was it? Oh. By the artist uh, Shinkichi Mitsumi. Uh, And that little snippet was Shutter Speed. So it basically was an instrumental of a song. What do you think of the two? If I had to choose between the two, I like the Duran Duran. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. And it actually matches with the anime really well in terms of like the whole film. Yeah. The whole um, kind of 80s vibe. Because throughout the 12 episodes we've seen, they used a lot of music in the different episodes. Kind of mm -hmm. like 80s poppy synth vibes and it was really nice so there's, i like that yeah. girls 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 there's even groups of stuff like scenarios in the anime where they're going to places that are clubs mm -hmm. where it's music that or like techno vibe of the 80s or well, something when i hear that like it sounds like someone's just going hand with the bass guitar and not really doing a good job in terms of trying to make a good song i don't really like the the american version i guess so i guess i know which song we're going to ride off on which opening, Lisa? Uh, 
But uh, so there was actually was two ending songs for uh, uh, Speed Grapher, but we're only going to focus on the first 12-episode uh, one, which was called... I'll get this right. Let me not butcher this. <clears throat> Hina... Oh, darn it. Hina Gay Shino Aka, which is uh, translated as Hill Poppies. And it's by the artist uh, Shino, uh, Shino Yuka Yukawa. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Yukawa. I apologize. <laughs> So we're playing these songs off like YouTube, like so hopefully you guys hear it decently. But there's a picture of this indie theme song with the with the girl from uh from Speed Grapher. Her name is uh uh Kaguya. Kaguya. Yeah, Kakura. Kagura. Yeah. And anyway, she's like doing this weird like bend over where her arms back. And in the comment section guy's like, this picture is inappropriate. And at first I was like, this guy needs to shut up. But then, like, you know what? This is a very inappropriate picture. This girl's like straight, bent over, butt out, yeah, arms up, chest up. Yeah, never mind. This this is definitely this anime was definitely not for children. Uh, so it's definitely for a mature audience. At least I would say like teenage years, like sixteen. Uh, above. I mean, it has intense sexual themes. Yes. It talks about orgies. It talks about lots assault, of drugs. Right, assault. Yeah. So there's you, rape themes towards the end. Definitely. So, I mean, overall, it's I mean, heavy, heavy intense stuff. violence, too. So that doesn't... Is that... Ugh, yeah. We'll get into it before, like, uh, our little breakdown. But let me just go into some things I also found. Uh, so Speed Grapher did this thing where I usually disagree with, and I'm going to talk a little bit more when we actually talk about spoilers. But uh, Speed Grapher was first created as an anime. And then from the anime, it was then licensed out to be made into a manga and also light novel. So uh, its manga was released in Japan by MediaWorks and was originally serialized in a monthly, uh, in this, almost like this, a monthly comic book strip called Monthly Dengeki Comics. Gow! And basically the series is collected in three... Uh, in, J in Japan, they call it Takoban. Tankoban. Tankoban. Which is a term for volume. It means volume in Japan. And it was released in September 2005 to, to 2006. They released that. Uh, and then uh, it was then licensed to a company named Chugangi in Singapore, who released all three volumes of the manga in English on December 11th of 2007. Um, and through... Uh, and then finally, uh, so first volume was December 11, 2007. Second was July 22nd of 2008. And then the final volume was November of 2009. Uh, 
eventually, Tokyo Pop got the license from that to release the three volumes, both the manga and the light novels, um, to stateside, to uh, actual America. But only the first two volumes were released before it was canceled in the West. I think it's because of sales and stuff. Again, the market pushes. And at that time, you know, it's definitely far behind before, you know. Well, it's also a different time period, too. Yeah. I mean, it's easier for anime to reach a wide, uh, wide range audience now. Yeah. Because of social media and that. But 10, 15 years ago, obviously yeah. wasn't the case. Yeah, you got to go to, like, conventions or share it with friends. Like, exactly. I remember people sharing hard drives or distance again stuff. Definitely a different time. Uh, but now let's talk about the reception. List. And I looked at the, the rankings in this popularity. So it was ranked uh, out of thousands upon thousands of animes as 1,914. So the, no, it's ranked. Its popularity is 1,149. Uh, but got a score about 7.42 out of 10 by uh, just a standard audience member. We can give our little first season score ourselves out of 10 if you want to wear out five. Do you think seven? What do you think about that score? Do you think that's fair? Do you think that's a little too generous? Do you think that's kind of harsh? So it's tough because I only watched the first, we only watched the first 12 episodes, so I can't uh, stir that way. But just from my understanding, I learned. I don't think seven point four two is too bad. I think people are gonna love it or or like be eh. I don't think it's uh it's terrible, but it's definitely for it's, it's definitely for a particular audience. You gotta actually get the names and, and feel a connection. And this is definitely an older anime, so if you watch current things down how improved and how great, you know, the, there's a lot of young new writers. You know, it might not hold up as well mm -hmm. today's standard of anime. So it's tough looking at that. But uh, I'm going to do a quick rundown of some uh, of the main cast, uh, being the protagonist, the protagonist uh, and the the antagonist, and then some of the supporting cast. I'm going to talk about their English voice actors and their Japanese voice actors. Uh, and some of these guys you're actually interested in, uh, you might like. So the main character of this show I said earlier Sega? Why do I keep saying Sega? Sega, uh, Tatsumi Sega. Yeah, Sega. Uh, and uh, Sega. his English voice actor is actually a pretty popular one, if you might know him. And that is Christopher Sabat. Yeah, it's yeah. Vegeta, right? Yep, Vegeta. So it's awesome. His Japanese voice actor is Yuji Takada. Um, the main antagonist of this anime is uh, uh, Chochi uh, Tsutengu. And his uh, English voice actor is Christopher Iris and his Japanese voice actor was Tochiyuki Murikawa. And yeah, it's actually a really cool name. We did you watch any of it in Japanese or did you watch all in dub? I watched it in dub. I watched uh, probably the first six episodes in Japanese. Japanese. Uh, uh, Tenotsu. I'm just trying to make sure I'm right. Uh, Kagura Tenotsu, and its English voice actor was Monica Rail. Its Japanese voice actor was Kai Shindo. K Kai Shindo. 
Uh, and some of the supporting cast characters, some of these were like small, like beat em up villains, the the villain of the week that got smashed after like one to two episodes. Um, but first, I'm going to talk about uh, a character that helps out a lot, and that is uh, Ginza, uh, Hiburari Ginza. Basically, that's a creepy cop girl. Uh, well, lustful cop girl. And the English voice actor for that was uh, Chlorine Harp. And his Japanese voice actress uh, was Takao, uh, Taka, Takako Honda. Um, two villains that you, you faced. One guy I thought was going to be bigger, but he got just murked. Was uh, Genji Nihari. You know who that guy, that character was? He was an imp, the guy in the imp suit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who did that one thing. I was like, he got murked. Uh, His English voice actor was Robert uh, Mick Colum. His Japanese voice actor was uh, Kinjiro Suda. Another character who I also thought was maybe be another big villain. But this was the the diamond girl who wanted to change. But uh, her name, the character's name is uh, Shinsei. uh, Oh, never mind. That's not. Never mind. This is the the mother of uh, the main character, the main character, Kagura. Uh, Kagura. Uh, Kagura. And this is uh, Shin uh, Shinsen uh, Ten- Tenetsu. Why do I keep butchering his name? You need to practice his Tenso. Names, bro. <laughs> like, Tenotsu. Tenotsu. Yeah, Tenotsu. Group. <laughs> uh, English voice actress was uh, Pam Daughtry. Japanese voice actress was uh, Gara Takushima. And finally, the guy who had this. His he had the I think it's a useless ability, but I guess it's cool because he's human. Like if you want to be a human tracking dog, and that guy's name was uh Sushido. Yeah, <laughs> he's a human tracking dog. Uh, his English voice actor was uh again. Oh, did I say Greg? Oh no, I, I, this is Greg Aries. What if he had a relationship with Christopher, like brother or something? Probably not. Uh, Japanese voice actor was Hiro Yuki. And that is some of the characters I ran down. Um, overall, uh, like the the view of a little bit more about the review of the series was that it, it got mixed reviews. Um, it was mainly due to the plot heaviness and the lack of action, and people not being impressed, uh, not being as impressed with other Gonzo works. Because at this time, Gonzo had produced a lot of other animes that you know looked good. You know, like I said earlier, there was. Let me go back. The notes like uh, Full Metal Panic, you know, they did Full Metal Panic, they did Gantz, they did all these other shows that you know kind of look better and stand out more, especially in design and art. This one, it's it's not terrible, but it's not what you kind of what we know Gonzo as today. Exactly. Yeah. If you look at Gantz, then you go back to Speed Rapper, you're like, yeah, you wouldn't think it's the same anime. It studio. takes a while to get used to. Uh, with that being said, uh. Do you want to, before we like jump in the spoiler, do you want to give our little review and then yeah, jump in a little, talk yeah, about a couple more uh, questions. Okay. In terms of this, I mean, what did you think about the main character, uh, Saga, or uh, Sega? What do you think about him? What do you think about like his relationship with uh, Kagura? And what do you think about his ability? Like, um, kind of compared to how that stacks up. What's your thoughts on those so far? Well, you told me a little bit more about his ability later on in the series, but um, I think it's uh, this series is um, it reminds me a little bit of 
at least the, the, the first 12 episodes of, like, traveling with her and getting her to escape. A little bit of Last of Us, where basically, basically, uh, Sega, Sega is basically wanting to protect her. It's like an older brother or a father figure. Yeah. It's like, hey, I want to get this little girl out of here. I never got a sexual vibe. Yeah, never. Not it one. was definitely more parental. There was only one time where he wanted to take a picture of her cleavage when they were sleeping. Mm. And he couldn't because obviously he would have murked her if he did. Good his powers. Uh, and, but I think it was just like a, a perfect picture kind of moment. He's a photographer. But I never get like he wanted to take her away because he wanted to be with her kind of vibes. No. Uh, I think his power to, uh, you know, take pictures and pretty much destroy someone is cool, especially once uh, he, later on in the 12 episodes when he fought uh, this crazy dentist guy mm-hmm. and actually used, like, different lenses to fight him. I thought that was pretty cool and smart and was interesting uh, to play with. Uh, every, like, every, pretty much all villains have uh, pretty much a cool power besides uh, Sujito with a stupid nose, because, like, what's he gonna do? So I'm pretty sure he got that power from her. Like, yeah, that was his desire to smell things. Cause, like, been, uh, like a fetish. Because literally the the guy, the main villain, said, you get the power that you desire, what you desire the most. Well, like, that whole thing was a fetish club. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm assuming he probably had a fetish of, like, smelling things or, like, oh, something like, of that sort. Like, diapers and stuff? I mean, if you think... Well, it's not just diapers. It could just be... It could have been armpits. It could have been sweat. Oh, it could yeah. be blood. I oh, mean, that's okay. the thing about fetishes is it's it's so dark. Oh, that's true. It's such a different world. Because even Sagai... Uh, so, yeah. He Sega, could, he gets... He couldn't get it up without having a camera. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, for those type of people, if you have a power... They don't get sexually excited until they pretty much there has to be like a condition that's met mm-hmm. for them to get sexually excited. For him, it's looking through a the camera or like having a camera on him. Yeah. And so, I mean, we don't know when it comes to the nose guy because it's yeah. a ridiculous dumb power out of so, everything. I don't like that. But, I just don't know how he didn't get murked yet. I would have murked that guy a hot minute. Ago. I think it was just a comic, not really quite the comic. Awesome. Especially, uh, it was like episode eleven. Uh, it did like a nod where uh, Sega's like, man, it's like they're. I was like, they're following us like a bloodhound. They got muscle guy, a bloodhound. I was like, dude. Well, that was pretty much the theme of the show. I yeah. mean, at that point, yeah. Was, well, that was one thing I noticed the was there was not too many characters that were good. There was a lot of characters, I mean, that were evil, and they definitely highlighted a lot of the villains in here, because there was yeah. a lot more. But if you kind of think about it, like, there was only a handful of characters that are, like, neutral to good. Most other characters a lot more yeah. villains. And so it gives that illusion, almost like they're being chased 24-7, because that's what they were. Yeah. I mean, and if they weren't being chased at that time... The villain, one of the many villains, was already on screen. Yeah. So it was really interesting kind of seeing this father-daughter relationship blossom, like The Last of Us, like what you said. Okay. And then see them almost being hunted through the whole series. Because they're always running. I mean, yeah, they're always, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And fighting bad guy after bad guy because they don't understand that they're, tra- they're tracking them somehow. Um. But yeah, let's let's do our little review first, because I, I definitely want to jump into the spoiler. So you want to do out of five? So I mean, four. how we? Oh, I, didn't we have like an old 
the reveal was never a number thing. We yeah. never wanted to kind of go with that. We can't. Yeah. We definitely can. In Let's terms not. of making it more uh, feasible for like the audience, if that's requested, we can kind of switch to that model. But when we started this, we didn't want to completely go out of our crap on an anime. Yeah, I mean, give it a number, but yeah, this we is understand it. even if we didn't like it, like Virtual Song and some of the other oh, stuff yeah. that we did. That it does take a lot of time to do, and we have to respect that aspect. But yeah. we also don't have to appreciate it or even like it. No. And so, just like a book, when it comes novels. to Speed Grapher, I mean, if you, I mean, it is a gem. It's one that I wish a lot of people did know, and they did a good job with the music. Yeah. The main characters, I, I like that because the main character quite a lot myself. I think he stacks up well compared to a lot of program, uh, protagonists even now, because yeah. a lot of them are. Stereotypical young Japanese guys. Yeah. Kids. Saga's like in his 30s. So he's like an adult. He's literally <laughs> someone that we can actually kind of relate to. Yeah. And that's why it's so much more graphic with fetish clubs. You can't get a 16 year old in a fetish club. The Japanese yeah. aren't going to do that. But when it comes to, or anime itself won't do that. Unless it's a uh, Devil May Cry baby. Or what? Devil May Cry baby. Yeah, Devil yeah, May Cry baby. Those guys went into that fetish club, kind of. Well, yeah, it was it was, like it, was a, it was a it was a a rave thing, and they started. Okay, taking so just a rave that turned yeah. into an orgy at one yeah. point. But orgy of demons. I really enjoyed the main character. He was incredibly flawed. He had a good heart. And you could tell he cared for this character, not in like what you would see nowadays, where it's like the main character always has to get with the girl in yeah. terms of like a romantic relationship. This one highlighted that's not the case. He genuinely just wants her to be free. Yeah, not even the, the not like a lot of these series now. Either the guy wants a girl, the girl wants a guy, and the other party's oblivious to it. Yeah. Uh, but this one was definitely about they just they both want to be free and they care about the other person without it having to have any sexual relations like that Sega uh sega was the first person who actually listened to the girl and actually cared for her and there's some things i will get into later where like her family life was was crap but she still like cared for her mother and stuff like that things that i thought was different from my own standpoint but i definitely want to hear what you think about that but he was also really smart as yeah. a character too if he couldn't beat you because his power was useful and useless yeah depending so, on what your power depending was. on who he went up against mm. and so he was smart enough to at least kind of get around it but he was also incredibly lucky because there's many times he should have died yeah for definitely sure definitely should have died but you can tell he also has a darkness because he couldn't get this power without inherent desire. Yeah. And so what was his desire? Was he getting off as a war criminal? Or not war criminal, a war photographer? Yeah. Was he, like, Same. getting excited and aroused for, like, seeing that? Yeah. Again, it's all a This time the uh, first spoiler, because the first, uh, first episode literally shows him a uh, flashback to him in the war. Exactly. The Vietnam, taking pictures of, like, and... people getting shot. And he's with the soldier, and the soldier's like, man, damn, man, calm down. And he has a hard on after seeing this, like, taking a picture of this guy perfectly getting shot by the soldiers. Yeah. It's me a comic. So, and, it's know. dark. I mean, again, yeah. some good, it's dark. But I like the main character itself. I, myself, would say you should give it the three, the three-episode rule, minimally, when it comes to something like this. Yeah. Would I say watch it? I mean, it's tough. Because you, if you have limited time in a day and you have so many things to watch, it's tough for me to say 
choose this over Big O, or choose this over Paranormal Agent, or choose this over Reincarnated as a slime. It's tough for me to genuinely say that in like a conscious. I would say you should watch it. Definitely check it out. I enjoyed parts of it, but there was also parts where it's dated. You can tell it's dated. Yeah. That, it drags a little bit. It definitely does. I mean, I don't know if they, they could have done it instead of 24. They could have done it in like 60. Hmm. But again, there's a lot of people that I do know that thoroughly enjoyed this and recommended it like really to a lot of people. What about you? I mean, that C rating, that's like 7 out of 10 to me is fair. Yeah. I think that's a fair score for it. But that's if we put a number on it, okay? What was your kind of uh, review, or your ending thoughts on the first 12 episodes? Are you going to go back for the last 12? Are you going to kind of bench it? What are you kind of thinking? How are you feeling? How did that 12 episodes make you feel? Um, honestly, I think what was tough about this one is it is dated, and I, it just didn't. Like, I like some of the characters, like, especially hearing your point of view, it makes me a little bit more interested in, like, uh, Sega and stuff. But overall, I just felt like it, it, the drag, the dragginess of this anime made me not want to watch it. Like, mm-hmm. it's definitely one of those animes where I wouldn't mind just putting on the background while I do something else. I could play, I would, I was literally, uh, I would do homework and watch this anime. Just have it back on look over because it's in dub, so I could yeah, I, I don't need to look. Yeah, you don't. I look at fight scenes, but I could just do over. So it didn't. It didn't hold my attention. Some episodes did when it got to like certain certain parts that that had some highs, but other times it, it got low, and I just didn't care as much. So yeah. honestly, I would I would say it is dated. If you want a mature anime that deals with some of the stuff we talked about, I said definitely give it a chance. It's made by Gonzo. It's popular. I didn't. We didn't watch a full twenty four episodes, so it could become something huge. It could become we get better. But to me, I felt like in the the first twelve episodes, I felt like it dragged and could have ended in the first twelve episodes with some of the things that happened and uh, plot stuff. Uh, so I definitely say give it a chance if you if what we talked about interests you. But for myself, I'm probably going to put it on the bench uh, yeah. finishing the last the 12 episodes. Because we have other things that we want to archive, and I have current animes that I'm watching that I'm more interested in than like, and light novels. And light time. novels, yeah. Because we're going to start doing a little bit of light novel talks and stuff. Yeah, I'll like to do that. Here. Um, but yeah, now, guys, uh, we're going to go get into spoiler territory. So at this time, if you like, you can. Yeah, if you're interested in watching it, then just cut it off right now. Go check it out. Then recheck out the podcast again and kind of pick up where you left off. Yeah, hear our side. Or if you just want to go, then go. I mean, at this point, we're just going to be talking about spoilers for the remainder of the podcast. We'll probably end off on a song and then go kind of go from there. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the first 12 episodes. So, all right, guys, uh, this is your spoiler warning. We're about to jump into it in five, four, three, two, one. Is that goofy? That's a little count. Goofy. Count down, count down. I guess you're right. Okay, uh, I wrote like the first uh, one of the six episodes, and I I recently watched the, the other stuff again mm-hmm. to remind myself of uh, seven through twelve. Um, but so to start, I mean, what did you kind of feel in terms of the first three? Because the first three sets the the tone of everything. Okay. Whether we should continue watching it, like, as the average person, because we had the three-episode rule, no matter what. 
So the first three episodes, did they? What did they do? Did they do a good job in kind of like trying to hook you in? Did it accomplish its goal? Um, I have some questions about this anime, but it it first thing I got the whole secret society fetish club and stuff. It just was too unbelievable not to have more people know about it besides the people of the wealth. Cause it was like this big underground club and these people uh, taking like it wasn't like volunteers were being it was like normal people women being violated and stuff people owed money yeah. in these clubs. So I just felt like that was it's just crazy that no one knew about it besides the people of the wealth. Have you ever seen Eyes Wide Shut? Eyes Wide Shut? No. Um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a Stanley Kubrick film. It's pretty much, I think it has Tom Cruise in it, and it's about, like, a society, I think, that has, like, random orgies and stuff like that. It's kind of a dark movie, too. Can't hmm. actually, no. I can genuinely totally believe it, because think about it. Saga found it. He knew about it. Yeah. So there was whispers oh, and rumors, okay. just like what there is right now. Think about it. What is the closest thing to that in society? The Illuminati. Yeah. Closest oh. thing. Ultra power, extra society, secret, like... Yeah, so I can genuinely believe something like that could true. be in. I've never had millions of dollars to spare. And these people who are in politics and stuff who keep it, who can make people hush and yeah. stuff and, and quiet people who could talk or at least, you know, make them look like they're liars and stuff. Uh, I thought it was cool, like, seeing him being an investigative journalism. Kind of like a detective yeah, in a way. Yeah, a detective. I know he did war journalism, but he's back in, like, this, this kind of... I guess it was more 80s. I want to say, I always want to think like Neo, but it wasn't Neo at all. It was just very themed. Do you feel like it was a different, like, apocalypse time? So I know they had, like, normal weapons. Like 80s. Yeah. 80s. There wasn't like, no lasers or anything yeah. like that. Even the the cars were, like, floating or anything. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say it was definitely, things. like, fit its time. Um, but basically, he, you know, in the first episode, he finds out about the club. He sneaks into it. And then he happens to stumble in the middle of this big ceremony where uh, Kagura falls from the sky in like this this scampy suit and kisses him and grants him powers. But this whole time I watched the whole first 12 episodes, I never saw her turn into that person again. Well, that's they explained it. It's because she was in a trance at that stage. It's a trance? Yeah, it okay. was a trance. I mean, it was pretty much she wasn't herself. She didn't remember that at all. That's why she thought that was uh, oh, it was all always, it was always them putting her in a trance. Yeah, she was always in a trance. Take her back to her room exactly. later down. That's okay. why she always assumed it was a dream. She's like, I'm having nightmares of, of kissing fucking these guys and having yeah. like being with them. What's going on? I mean, she was like, I felt so bad for her because yeah. again, do you think they were sawing her too oh, or yes. just kissing her? I genuinely go? think it was not. It wasn't just it wasn't just kissing. kissing. I right. feel like because again, it seemed like she did it for a while. They don't tell you whether she was assaulted. I mean, you they definitely hint at, hint at a kiss. Yeah. But the thing is, is like when she kissed Saiga at this point, Saiga got the powers. There wasn't like assault that like yeah. was applied right there. So maybe... I guess it's true because the guy who was going to kiss her was naked and he would get the kiss and also be able to... But sometimes... Well, maybe, okay. or maybe Not he would course. also die because remember, yeah. not everyone. Oh, yeah, not everyone powers. can get the powers. Yeah. So sometimes it would also die right there. Yeah. So it could be pure heaven, or you can die. I mean, they kind of made that a little ambiguous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, basically, like grants his desire and stuff, which you grants find out. yeah, your innermost yeah. desire, whatever it is, providing that you can work. handle it. Yeah, if you're worthy of it. 
And then, yeah, after that, the runaway scenario happens. The whole it becomes a journey of them trying to get away from this big organization and yeah. kind of learning his powers. Slag gets his ass whooped. She gets taken. He gets her back. Yeah. <laughs> he gets his ass whooped again. <laughs> like, what do you think of the main antagonist? What do you think of uh, Chochi? I you mean, think he's. Uh, I think as an antagonist, he does a good job. Okay. Like in terms of. He is evil enough for you to believe yeah. in terms of it. He kind of comes across to me as like a Dio, like very similar in terms of sociopath. I'll do whatever I can to get what I need. I'll sell anything. Did you I say can. he's a Dio? Yeah, he's similar to that. Oh, okay. I mean, think about it. He's using a 15-year-old girl okay. so that to he get what can he wants in a, a smart club. <laughs> like he's willing to sacrifice anyone. Remember when he killed that girl of diamonds? I mean, that's the thing. That was, like, one of his employees. Oh, yeah. He had no problem in... She failed him and took him out. Like, he's always been cold. He had no problem... He has no problem in using what he needs. Did you read up more on it? On later? Like, more on it past the 12 episodes? I mean, a little bit. Like, I know a little bit Because I know towards the end of the 12 episodes that made me maybe want to watch it later on was that, uh, comes to find out that this guy is a vessel of, uh... Uh, Kagura's father, like he has a bad birthmark and stuff, and I don't know, either hinting that he's either a clone or is her father is back. I didn't know that. Yeah, I never heard of it. He has that power. Yeah, that that's literally the twelfth episode ends with him, uh, murking the mom basically. And, yeah, I remember that. Okay. And uh, that was cool. Saying that the wedding's still on, I'm just gonna marry Kagura. Yeah. To get to get the power of this family, um. But yeah, I just know he said he inherited something. So I think I think he just inherited that ability or inherited that power. He might mm. have some relationship that will get explored. But let's run down to some of the fights that this this show happens on and see what you think of it currently, if it holds up today, or if you thought it was that cool. I mean, I could say straight up, every fight I've seen doesn't hold up. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. think about it. When you think of top fights, okay, even after watching this, having this so fresh in your mind, okay. When you think of top fights, you think of All Might, you think of Sasuke and Naruto, you think of like Bleach, you think of Goku. All right, but let's think about fights where people aren't physical, where it's more you got to be the smarter man and strategic. But this power isn't; it's more like a ranged weapon. It's not punching. I mean, do you think there's someone that does that range that's more interesting in fights? Without a shadow of a doubt, I think of Future Diary. Okay. And that's like no questions asked. And because how do they kill? I thought they had to use weird weapons in Future Diaries to kill. They have the way they kill in Future Diaries. You either have to kill that person or kill their like cell phone seal or something else. So it's all. But he has to be ranged. He's and he has absolutely no power. He can't fight anyone off when it comes to that. His only power is literally a diary that tells the future. And even then, by that time, it's usually, like, too late. So he has to be the smartest one in the room? He has to, like, figure it out. And a lot of... Sometimes it's luck. Sometimes it's fully brilliant. Sometimes it's the girl that's really the smart one, and she's crazy. But I like to be... Again, I I mean, or what I think is smart, I mean, smartest person in the room, even in modern, we think of, like, Death Note intense, like, smart. Or a code yeah, that kind of bait. yeah. So true. it's like again, when I think of stuff like that, it's still hard for me to genuinely say it holds up. Mm-hmm. There was I liked what he did in terms of like when he battled that a 
that diamond throw. Yeah. He pretty much, he couldn't beat her. His camera was useless, wouldn't affect her. And so he froze her, like, with that. Yeah. He did that uh, that spray that allows things that are, like, diamonds to be able to be shot. Exactly. Seeing that made me really kind of appreciate the main character because it's like, wow, this guy's actually smart. Like, there's extra stuff. He came in that shit prepared. Which is goofy. Uh, Well, it's one of those tropes where I was like, finish off the guy when you have him. Always finish off the protagonist. Don't be like, later. Because he's going to come back and get you. And then you're like, oh, you're like, you should have learned last time. Then you get murked. Yeah. Because he's not going to give you a second chance. He's going to murk you. Well, he he actually did give her, would have gave her a second chance, but he basically murked her. Like it led to her being murked. Uh, but let's talk about some of the, like the people he fought. So the first guy, I named him Gimp Suit or Stretch Man. What do you think of that that dude in that fight? I wish he was around a little bit more just because yeah. he was weird. He was like a strange character. He was like Volvo from uh, Soul Calibur yeah. in a way. And he murked like in the be- before when uh, the first like two episodes when he's investigating this crew, he murked like this politician stuff, he, like the ability to do it. Mm-hmm. So I thought he would last a little bit longer. When I first saw his like self without his suit on, I thought he was gonna be like this this number one like kind of the bat be all to be all, and he would be sending off these guys instead. So I sent off my crew, and he'd be the last guy that uh, uh, Sega would fight. But no, he died quick. He died quick. So he did, again, it was a good build-up, but it just, it was... Yeah. And the way he died... No, the way he died was actually really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Like, uh, off a of reflection, yeah, reflection of the glass. Yeah, that was actually, yeah. like, really After cool. After he was about to, like, twist his hand. Yeah, he was about to break Saga. Yeah. Like, so, again, smart guy. I like Saga how did a little punchline voice, the last, the last word kind of thing. But as a action scene... I can't say it's going to be, like, memorable. Like, uh, for me, myself, I like how he got him. But in terms of how it was drawn, designed, again, doesn't hold up for myself personally. It doesn't feel like it does. What was, uh like, another one? Like, did you like that guy? Uh, Yeah, the battle was, like you said, it was... I think it was the only thing cool about it was, like, literally, uh, this was right when they first escaped the big, huge tower... And Sega gets on the roof, like, all right, let's get off. We did it. And Sega was smart up to that point, got her out without them noticing. And uh, then that guy came after doing that stretch. So I thought he would last a little bit longer, but ultimately, once he showed his cards and was so close, he basically signed his own death sentence. Yep. Uh, next uh, person that they fought uh, was the Diamond Lady, which she had this weird fetish of eating diamonds because of her ex-husband who would do would spend, basically spend all his money on her to the point of he killing himself so she can get more money so she can buy diamonds. And she would bite fingers off of people to get their diamonds. So it was weird. It was pretty but, much just the whole money is root of all evil, yeah. materialistic possessions. I mean, I liked and her beauty. talk with Kagura. Like, yeah. they had that one-on-one kind of talk on the couch, and Kagura's like, how do you live like that? And I thought that talk kind of between them was really nice. Yeah. As a power, she was overpowered. I thought it was cool how she like betrayed the organization, yeah. but again, it was also kind of stupid and flawed. She knew the power of it. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, but again, that's what madness also really is. Especially when we know that the main guy has a power. So she knows too. I was like, she knew. Obviously. Yeah, she yeah she knew immediately because she's trying to haul when he when he's when he came up. She's like, oh snaps! I I didn't mean to. I was like. When you betray someone, you should know uh, if they find you, they're going to kill you. Yeah. 
So if you don't get what you want, you should get the hell out of there quickly. Uh, but yeah, she. I think what's interesting with her ability at first, but again, I thought she'd be more ruthless. I honestly thought when she went into the the club where uh, these uh, with these drag queens and stuff was dancing. Oh yeah, I thought she was. I thought she was gonna murk a lot of people. I thought I was like, oh, this is gonna get real dark, but it did. It, yeah, got, it was mainly got mainly she was just there for the girl and to take out Saiga. So. I thought it was, like, luck, and she didn't even kill, like, civilians, which was different. Even the guy spraying, I was like, oh, I thought, thought this would get a little bit different. Uh, and then after her villainous of her losing, it got to this weird, creepy doctor dude who, like, dentists and stuff. He liked his power, the whole dentistry spider stuff, and he killed a girl by flossing her and, Grinding her teeth. Okay, straight up, I hate Dennis as is. Yeah. So part of me cringes anytime I think <laughs> of this guy because it's just like a nightmare just waiting to happen. But do I think his power or the fight scene was cool in any of the like sense? I genuinely don't. Like even as a character, I didn't. I don't. Yeah, I thought I thought he was just like, oh, here's the next next guy to fight. I only thing I liked was that how Sega fought him because I like I talked said earlier, he used a different. He was testing his powers out and doing different Those lenses different ones, yeah. and he was able to like he was showing like he could do cannon lenses if you have a long lens he can like use his power to like blow up freaking sides of the mountain stuff cause avalanches and he murked the guy because he had a little extra camera on his side that was connected to that his whole body is basically here a camera as long as he has a camera focused on he can blow you up so the guy panned his arms but he had his other camera which he was able to just do a quick shutter I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, there's just some diversity for the character. Yeah. Kind of a lot of different powers. So he I'm almost got worked by that guy, too, though. The yes. guy almost gives up until his friend came in the room. Well, same with the girl before that. That's Again, true. she walked away. He could have, he should have died right there, but she yeah. left him Yeah, alive. left her there to bleed and so. And set, and, and like, left, she was technically going to leave Sega for the other guys to get there, so she took off. But basically, of course, she should know that he, they can heal, the people can. So it was kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. Um. After that, the uh, after the first six episodes, it kind of jumps into them running uh, a mystery of finding out about uh, Kagura's father and stuff, and what 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 happened. One big thing I had was with Kagura's mother. Like her mother treated her like trash, and Kagura still loved her mother. Of course, I mean, there's people like that in reality. Yeah. Like didn't feed her. Like she would go to school starving. And I think she just resented her because of her father for not showing up. Yeah, so it was just like a... Parental issues getting yeah. forced on children. That's usually yeah. what it is. So that disgusts me. Because I, I, that's not something I grew up living. But I know, especially after you just said that, like, it happens to people. People still love their parent, even if they treat them like shit. Yep. Like, they just... Human nature, we gotta have. That's it. See how that connects. So it showed good, flawed characters. Yeah. I mean, again, it frustrates you because you're like, Why? Yeah, but again, like she, you know it. She would escape, like, in the last two episodes, she, last 12, she escaped her prison. Instead of her running to go find uh, Saiga, she went to go stop, tell her mother to not to marry the main villain. She's like, do not do it. This guy's terrible. He's bad. That was her whole mission. She was able to escape. But that, her own focus was to help her mother, who, even in when she said that, she thought she was helping the villain. She's like, no, you aren't part you, I think maybe towards the end of her life, she might have finally realized her daughter cared or something. But I, don't I was know, stoked when she died. Yeah, I was so she died kind of non like 
kind of anticlimactic. Oh yeah. I think her her mentor died like a a, a snitch. Like her when she she's like, we gonna go far away and then uh freaking Shoji fucking shot her in the head just died. And she's like no. But then she just got choked out. I think he just crushed her windpipe. Yeah, that's it. That's all. Yeah. yeah, crushed her. And it was like boom. And that's basically it. It they ended with him the cliffhanger of it being hey I'm I'm not gonna marry her now but I will marry Kagura. And our boy Sega, after having fought Choji earlier, that we didn't say, he got murked out because he had this blood power. You think? What do you think of his power? The blood, like wounds. Thought it was impressive, or would you want Sega's power over his? I would probably want his power over Sega's. Yeah. I, I don't care about the whole like photography thing. Yeah. I really don't. What about you? In terms, I think it, I two. think it'd be too much for me to have like to deal with me bleeding and stuff and using all this power. But I see that his power is more uh, versatile. Like you can, you have many possibilities. You can fly, you can shoot, you can you can make a shield and block. So his power is like, but I, what desire is that? A mask it? Like he likes being like what oh. kind of sexual desire? Oh you know, yeah. <laughs> Mas- masochist well he like, could definitely be a masochism but in terms of uh the bdsm community yeah. or in terms of like that style of uh what would you call it like sex club yeah fetish club but, yeah fetish club yeah exactly but there is a fetish out there where it's uh it's blood play and that is a real fetish that's out blood there. play like yeah. people cut themselves yeah. and stuff? Well, do light cuts on each other with like razor blades they're very very light because either they get turned on with like the sight of blood, the smell of it, sometimes the taste of it, and again, that's unfortunately like a real fetish that's that also out there. I don't want to say unfortunately, but you know, I I don't want to come out of to like your own, I guess I don't want to come out of like sex feeling like I just came out of war. I don't want that. I don't want to come out and be like, man, I got cut up, got a cut on my face. If you were if you were going on a date with a girl and she'd like, and you say, hey, come back to your come back to your place for a recap, and she said. <laughs> Here, take my pocket knife, cut me a little bit, would you? I would say, can you please get the fuck out of <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, please, can you leave? Uh, like, I would take that knife, I would throw it out the window, and then she'd be going next. <laughs> like, All right. Or what about choking? You? No, hell to the no. Yeah. I, but I know, I know me, I'm like, I'm not down for, I'm not down for pain, choking. I'm, I'm a black guy in America. I don't want to be that guy where, where I find out, like, I, I actually feel like I'm gonna hurt the person. Yeah. I was like, I'm not about to like. Uh, I feel like I'm too much uh, been raised to like respect women and not do anything that can physically harm them. But that's the thing. That's it's it. like some of them fully enjoy it. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's just not our. We'll never understand yeah. it, but it's stuff out there that um, it does connect to society, especially if you're wealthy. Because again, you hear rock stars and like rappers and all that that went through like drug-induced orgies and random right. fetishes and, like, sticking bottles in each other and random stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, again, that happens in the real world. So, why wouldn't that happen in terms of, like... Yeah, especially know, when you feel you have power, you can have anyone you want, kind of. I mean, think about it. Like, Kim Jong-un, the leader of North Korea, has, like, a troop of, like, 16 teenage women that are, like, sex slaves. That, like, wait on him hand and foot. When you it's have disgusting. that absolute... What gosh, what was it? It's like when you have absolute power, it corrupts absolutely. Uh, like I heard it from something, and it was really just like it stood out. But absolute power does corrupt you absolutely, like no matter yeah. what. 
You have to have like a checks true, and balances. Yeah. You have to have something that's like gonna anchor you so that people aren't saying yes. Otherwise you turn into like Michael Jackson in terms of where you feel like you have enough money you can do anything. You know he bought the rights to Happy Birthday, the song? He did? He did. So you know why when it, apparently if you go into like Applebee's, you know they don't sing happy birthday. It was like happy, happy birthday, and they have yeah, that they stupid little clap. That's because back in the day, Michael Jackson bought the rights, so it was actually illegal for anyone to sing that inside the store. Because they, because then they, they, it's a copyright. Yeah, like, it's hey, copyright. You owe me money. Yeah, for exactly. So yeah. when you have that power, and to just say, oh, I can buy a song that everyone's going to use no matter what, so you can't use that. Imagine if you now, instead of changing that song out, you had a person, you had a family, you had an island. I mean, think about it. There's, I bet you there's billionaire Americans that have probably bought some island in the Philippines and are living like a freaking dungeon king. Yeah, even like the Amazon CEO, like he cheated on his wife and like going after women who are married and stuff. He just didn't care. And he, he has like this billion dollar, this high billion dollars payout that he gives to his wife, but I don't think he's losing any sleep over it. It's like, they I'm the made, richest man in the, they paid in the world. Zero dollars in taxes last year. And He's cities, and cities, no and cities still seek to have his company there. I still use Amazon, but still, it's that when you get so much power, nothing kind of applies to you. And we kind of see that in nowadays and stuff, especially when it comes to the justice system. Of, so, yeah. I mean, if you kind of take it back, I mean, there's definitely some themes in the speed ground for that I can say will speak now louder than ever. In terms of that, because you have so many social media stars, so many people that have now a bigger ability to reach reach a wider audience, therefore gaining some form of power. And that's out there. I mean, a lust for materialistic items. Yeah. I mean, that's literally all over the place. The speed grapher and what the director's goal was, you know, that social kind of hidden commentary, and not just, it's obviously not hidden. They do a good job at at least trying to kind of force that down your throat. Yeah. What do you think of last little part? What do you think of that episode? I think it was like episode four or five, where this little kid, this dad was collecting money to pay to the fetish club, the because he's part of, and the kid takes money. He he wanted wanted his allowance early. He's like, hey, I can't. I'm dealing with something right now. He leaves. He steals money from his dad, and dad is off by the count that he owed. And basically, like, well, you didn't pay, so uh, we're gonna get your life insurance policy. We're gonna kill you. And they killed him. And his son, and the son realizes that all snaps. My dad needs this money to pay these guys. And as he gets there, he sees that his dad's dead. And basically, Choji's like, if you want revenge, come, come whenever you feel like it. Uh, what do you think? Of what you saw like a meaning in that, like? That corruption of selfishness, or like, I mean, I don't uh, think personally there was any underlying meaning. I don't think there was any symbol, like hidden symbology. Yeah, it just like showing the power and showing what power does. Yeah. I mean, no matter who you are, you don't, mafia. There's rules that okay. is set. You don't enforce rules, then you have to set a form of you have to set a border. Exactly. You have to make sure yeah. nobody does that. And that kid, how many people would tell what that kid have told? You know, if this happened. Yeah. That alone keeps that kind of mystique going and also keeps that rule, that harsh rule of you don't mess up. You don't. So I I genuinely think stuff like that still happens today. Okay. So do I do I think like there was any hidden symbology? No. 
all it is is just typical human selfishness, selfishness and lack of empathy. But you also, it happens the higher your position of power usually is too. I mean, it's easy for people like me and you to judge, but what happens when we start getting billions of dollars and now you realize people are replaceable? People, instead of becoming a person, becomes like a dollar sign or like a number figure or a statistic. When you start thinking of that. Especially like once you dehumanize someone or don't see them as human, then you can do things where it doesn't bother you. Which has happened hundreds and thousands of times throughout history in every culture no matter what happens there has always been a group of people that have been beyond dehumanized it doesn't matter i even was listening to i listened to this podcast called swindle and basically uh they talked about this this uh, company that opened this shop in india and basically they were uh hope they had this big like gas kind of chamber and uh an employee or something went wrong where water got spilled into one of their their chambers and basically it, it released uh mustard gas so or and it killed thousands of uh indians in india killed thousands of them and basically its own government when they try to protest to say this company should be trialed here the the government of india was like it's an american government and they're like we want to get it it makes makes us so much money that we don't want to piss them, upset them to make them stand trial because we would lose that financial gain. So we were willing to let people die. And it wasn't until like years, like early, this happened like in the 80s, and it wasn't until like the 2000s where they kind of fi- finally, uh, politicians were like, all right, we'll try to do something about it when that company wasn't as huge anymore. Mm-hmm. So it was just power, that power of like third world countries. That's why things like Nikes and, and stuff. Not even just third world countries, yeah. again. Oh yeah, even here. Yeah. It happens all the time. There was, I mean, you can watch it. So there's a documentary called Wild Wild Country where it was literally talking about a sex cult that was an organ that was from like started from like an Indian guru and took over a whole town. The government had to shut them down. Highly recommend that documentary. Was that really good? Fascinating. I wanted to watch it That's because all. again, you see these grown adults. Because then they, then they like. Uh... Weren't they sabotage kind of to make them seem like they were like anti people or like causing crime? Well, I mean, I don't know about the sabotage, but I know that they would literally get buses full of people, drive them into town. They took over the police. They took over everything in that town. I mean, they had their own police. They had their own compact. I mean, that's the crazy thing about it. Everything was Netflix. Yeah. So wild, wild country, but that. You see these grown adults that are crying just because they're seeing this idol, someone that they idolize. So yeah. Oh, that that's speed grapher. That's so speed grapher, yeah. In the end, Powerful. what's your final kind of wrapping up thoughts? Uh, anything? Uh, sorry, I think uh, it has a a message behind it. Uh, I I saw very glimpses of it, but I feel like this this anime does suffer a lot from it being straight anime and not written out first and produced where you can really, when you write something down, I feel like more and not just do the screenplay you have, you can, you can get criticism and edit it right and have a stronger kind of feedback of what can make it stronger and not immediately put it straight to visual. You can kind of paint a picture. I feel like it suffers from going straight to an anime adaption, not actually being a light novel or written. Um, Cause then I think they could have held more of that concrete, what the things that they wanted to give out. But again, I say watch it if you're interested in the the system. It is it is a popular like themed anime back then, 
and one of our friends loved it a lot. I just probably not going to finish the last 12 remaining episodes, not for like a hot minute or when I actually have nothing to watch, which yeah. right now in the future doesn't look like that's going to be. It's not looking good with 2019. Yeah. yeah, a lot of good stuff coming out. So our next episode that will come out next week will yes. be on Paranoia Agent. It's going to be suspense. I'm actually really excited for this. I'm incredibly pumped to actually present this. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of crazy themes. The last two episodes, I cannot wait to talk about. Oh, I'm going to break down. Oh, yeah. It's going to be really interesting. It's uh, very similar to like Serial Experiments Lane. It has a lot of pretty much hidden themes, symbology all throughout it because it pretty much goes through different cases bipolarism to uh, wanting to always be the center of attention you see mm. paranoia hit people in so many different ways it's like a fascinating case study what's the villain named golden boy Go- golden bat uh, yeah skate boy baseball bat kid baseball bat kid yeah maybe he's a kid on roller skates <laughs> breaking necks kid breaking neck <sighs> so all right yeah, until then that. um but aside from that, it's the main thing is is uh please reach out to us on uh, this is anime archives at yeah, gmail.com. This is anime archives at gmail.com. Um yeah, we're gonna please email us if you get the chance. <laughs> please <laughs> give us suggestions. But anyways, we got like cool things that we're gonna do. Uh I feel like we're getting I, I'm just loving it. We got time. I know our schedule isn't the most accurate, but make do. We we do work for a living. We don't yeah. We're not YouTube celebrities or internet fan guys that can make money off just doing this. So tell a friend because you guys make that a yeah, reality. Yeah, oh, Quit State Farm quick and just talk about anime all day. Yeah. Uh, like, especially if I get a, neighbor, a, a TV cute. show, a YouTube thing, I'll be boom. All right, guys. Uh, talk to you later. This anime archives. We're going to roll out on a song, actually. I'll, so I'll let it go real quick. But let's finish off on the ending theme of Speed Grapher. Until next time, until next time, guys. This was Anime Archives. Next, next time, Paranoid Agent. Adios, Space Cowboy.